0: One of my passions as well is getting past the body image, getting in tune with ourselves, turning the, the lens inward and loving ourselves in each phase of our life, no matter where we are. Um, and this is another huge component. I don't know, Prince, maybe you went through this as well, but grieving the loss of your athlete body and moving into the next phase and be like, oh my God, I don't have that six pack like I had since I was eight years old anymore. Um, so yeah, that's this is very near and dear to my heart. And so I am anti diets. I'm
1: all about intuitive eating only. Hi, my name is Prince Daniels Jr., and I'm a former NFL running back, an author, and thought leader who lives by the mantra nothing is impossible unless you truly believe it is. I found the game beyond the game talk that talk as a place for thought provoking and inspiring conversations with professional athletes discussing life's transitions. Game Beyond the Game is an ecosystem for professional athletes to cultivate the mindset to discover their overall purpose and vision in the game of life. And now, it's time to talk that talk with your MC, Stan Pearson II, and myself, Prince Daniels Jr.
2: And, folks, uh, you know, we only deal with rock stars, and today is no different. I'd like to introduce to you all Haley Johnson, who is a former competitive gymnast at Iowa State University, who is now a yoga instructor and mindset coach. She will be sharing with us today her journey with self love after sports, finding her anchor and healing her relationship with disorder body image. As a mindset coach, her focus is on teaching others about self-love and acceptance. Man, what a way to kick off this episode. Please welcome wherever you are, clap your hands, stump your feet for Haley Johnson. Haley, how you doing? I'm doing
0: good. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been such an honor to be here, and I'm excited for 2021.
1: Nice. Yeah, I, we, I think we forgot to say that. Happy New Year, everybody.
0: Yeah. Happy <laughs> New Year.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. I'm and-
2: excited about the new year what about you haley real quick and, and prince how do you feel obviously after what we just went through and how y'all feel about 2021
1: i feel renewed me i just mm. feel great i I'm, I'm ready to, to 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 live into me and to be an example and to live by example um, and that's just pretty much it i think it geared up before the new year came so and and during december i was just like let's go let's go let's go you know i cheering on the new year. And so now that it's here, I'm just ready to live into it. What about yourself, Haley?
0: Absolutely. I'm, I'm moving into 2021 with passion and positivity. I think 2020 was a really great reset for myself and really gave me the opportunity to um, put myself in check and find out what is really important to me and what's not. And it's allowed me to step into a, the next version of myself and this, this higher calling of um, mindset coaching and, and teaching yoga. So I'm excited.
1: Wow. Man, speaking of what's really important to you, like we want to know about you. Listeners want to know about you. So can you please take us back to who you are, where you come from, and how are you here in this day?
0: Yeah, definitely. So my name is Haley. I am from Covina, California. Um, I'm 28 years old. And yeah, just a little bit about my background. I was a former competitive gymnast. Uh, I started when I was five years old as like this wild rambunctious child. My parents put me in gymnastics and it was the perfect fit because it's just a a whirlwind of adrenaline and just everything that you can imagine into one cornucopia of (laughs) everything. And so um, it was truly my first love and I I found it and um, I committed to gymnastics for 17 years. I got a full ride scholarship to um, compete at the collegiate level and yeah, I did it. I re- retired at 23 and now I'm into my next chapter, which has been really exciting. Hasn't been the easiest transition, but it's it's exciting.
2: That's okay. awesome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you.
2: So, you know, the uh, the tra- I, I want to say also, you said leading with passion, positivity. Which I think is amazing because the word "perfect" isn't in there, "ideal" isn't there, but it's like, hey, leading with purpose and passion—I mean, leading with uh, passion and uh, positivity—is is major. So, thank you for mentioning that. And and in that, where you're coming from, and and obviously, we know what you do now. How did you fall in love with gymnastics? Like, was it your first love? You know, and and you st- getting involved is one thing, but staying. Involved. What was that journey?
0: Yeah. Um, so my parents put me in when I was five years old, and it was absolutely my first love. I, as a, a kid, I just, I was a wild child and I had such a rambunctious attitude and spirit, and I was truly fearless. And so when I got into the gym, it was the perfect place for me to express myself and just to try new things and to. Now looking back, I can say really build a, a deeper trust within myself and trust myself and my body and what I'm capable of. Um, but I also love a challenge. I <laughs> I'm hard-headed, I have a fiery spirit, and I love to be challenged. So gymnastics was the perfect outlet for me to learn a flip and then learn two flips and then learn it on a four-inch beam and now stick the landing. It was just one challenge after another, and it just kept continue to build and build and build. And so yeah, that's really what continue like made me continue um, after for such a long time. Seventeen years is a while. So,
1: <laughs> man, how how do you devote yourself to seventeen years or something? Like afterwards, do you feel feel like you want to say, oh, "I'm just done with this," or do you still have that that burning desire to to try to push yourself more and compete more?
0: Um, After 17 years, you know, my body was beat at 23. I was like, I'm ready to experience something new. I think as a young child, I spent, I worked out for on average 30 hours a week. I, I went to school eight to three, and then I went to practice four to nine every day. And so after a while that takes a toll on your body. And then moving into collegiate gymnastics, I was a, I, I was an athlete student. I was fully into athletics first and foremost, that was where my passion and my purpose lied. And so uh, at the end of my retirement, I was ready to hang up my leotard and move on to the next chapter and travel and meet new people and try new things that I had never really gotten the chance to do as a, as a young adult. So yeah, that's kind of how I've, I allowed myself to step into the next chapter.
2: And if if you don't mind me asking, you know, you mentioned the, the the body being beat, and I I don't think most people, let's say the layman, have an appreciation for, let's say, the wear and tear on the body of a gymnast. So when you say, you know, it's such a young age in the uh, and what do you mean, aches, pains, like what kind of wear and tear you're experiencing? Because that's not easy either.
0: Yeah, well, in just in general speaking, I would practice five hours a day <laughs> from four to nine that in general of four, you know, four a. no 4 p 4 p.m to 9 p.m at
2: four night into the into the yeah
0: night. yeah so um that alone you know gymnastics is a, a culmination of strength flexibility balance mindfulness all of these things accumulated into one sport and so Practicing was very, very intense because to master one flip, you need to do it a million times. And then to master it, that one flip on a four-inch beam or to swing around a bar and then throw it into a routine with a bunch of other things, your body, you got to be the most in the best tip-top shape. And yeah, so I remember being eight years old, just being shredded. I remember I had a six pack and my, I went into my mom. I was like, mom, what is wrong with my stomach? And she was like, oh my God, like, you have washboard abs. And I was like, what? I had no clue what it meant, but that's how ripped I was because I was already practicing so much at such a young age.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Most people come to their parents and they say, look how big my stomach is. How can I lose weight? <laughs> you're like, mom, I got these six packs. So I can't get rid of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's wrong? There's like these weird like lump things. Are those muscles.
2: Oh, how <laughs> oh, I'd love to have those now. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about me specifically. No one else. Just so we're clear. You know, that, that's that's an amazing you know, piece in recognizing that even at that age, hey, I, I need to retire. I need something new. What was that transition like for you going from being, let's say, competitive in 10 to five-hour practices a day, deciding, hey, it's time for me to do something different? Was that an easy decision to make? Was that an easy transition?
0: In the moment, yes. At the beginning, I was ready to hang up my leotard and be done. Over time, it caught up to me. I when I first finished, I, I was traveling and I was meeting new people and I was doing all these things. And in a sense, I was running from the inevitable, running from my retirement and knowing that, oh my gosh, there's a hole creeping, like there's a hole that's getting bigger within me that like a piece of myself is missing. And I just tried to run from it. Um, and then, you know, I I moved to Vegas. I was living a great life. I had a great job. I was making great money. I was, partying on the weekends on the outside. It looked like I was great, but it caught up to me hard. And I, I fell into a very deep depression about it because when you live your life, that's so structured and every hour of your day is planned out and your hand is being held. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, go get a job, go be a product of society. It's like, when do I even take a shower? I'm not even used to like having so much time off, let alone now having all this time off then like, "Hey, go do something productive with them. Like, how, what, like somebody helped me. And it's so interesting. The more I like start to look back and understand there's studies that show that gymnasts specifically, because we spend so much time more than the average athlete in the gym, that when, when gymnasts go to college, they have the emotional maturity of a 14 year old. Because of delayed development, because of lack of social life, lack of exposure in the real life, because most of us live so much time into a, in the gym. And so I realized quickly that I had a lot of developing to do and I had a lot of um, catching up to do, it felt like, with the real world and, and the normal people my age who didn't have an athletic background, who had jobs and were like having kids and having like houses and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my God. Um yeah. So a rough, very rough transition. And I just remember being working a job. Like I said, I was working in Vegas. I was making great money. And I, I remember I would just go to work and put my sunglasses on and just cry because I was so lost and feeling so alone. There's so few people I felt could understand what I was going through because A lot of people have a a misconception of athletes like, oh, you're on a pedestal. You got a full ride scholarship. You didn't have to pay for school. You didn't have to do this, you know, where in the reality I'm like, okay, yeah, but I am like feeling really alone here. And so that rock bottom is actually what led me into my saving grace, what I call it. Because it allowed me to realize where I was out of alignment with myself and the areas that I needed to grow, and the, the, the biggest area was my love for myself and my self worth, and I wow. realized that a lot of my self worth was was placed into my my identity as an athlete, and so.
2: It, it, yeah. It's 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 funny if it's any you know solace in knowing that the number of athletes who across the spectrum feel that way. And I only say that because in the moment, so many athletes feel like they're alone in that space, as you mentioned, but it's always, it's amazing. As I mentioned, you all are the, the 1% of of people who uh, compete at a high level and then realize it, because most of the time it's difficult for folks who compete at your level to say, I need help or I need something or mm-hmm. I feel alone. I'm, I've been the best at this. So people expect that in everything. But to know that, hey, I I could use some uplifting or help, Prince. Prince, does that make sense? I feel like you know we've had that conversation as well.
1: Most definitely, it makes a lot of sense, man. It's 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 that thing that you, you remember Ray Leonard Jr. He spoke about it, and just like um, you're not too good to ask for help because uh, for a long time we've been the ones that have paved the way. And wow, you're this incredible athlete, but at some point in time. You realize, like, okay, I'm, but I'm still a human being. Yes, I'm an incredible athlete, but I still have to put on my pants in the same way that you put on your pants. I still have to get up and 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 accomplish a task or a goal. And so sometimes we are we feel isolated because we're left out. One, they put you on a pedestal, but whenever you leave from that space, now it's like, okay, well, what next? Like, should I do what they're doing? Well, for a long time, I wasn't doing what they're doing, and now I've been deprived of all of these skills that they've learned to go on and and create their own business and become their own uh, entrepreneur or work at a, at a fortune 500 company. Like if that same energy was put into being able to, uh, that same energy that we had as an athlete was put into, you know, like creating your own business, like you would be successful as well. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot of, there's a lot of factors that go into it and, and others don't look at the factors, but we had, but Athletes are forced to look at the fact of, and so when that happens, it's a it's an awakening. And so um, Haley, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm glad for your saving grace.
2: Heck yeah! <laughs> Thank you. Me too. I want to ask you more specifically about that, and then I know Prince we're going to go to a question. Uh, the so yoga and mindset coaching and arriving in to yoga were you walking down the street saw a yoga studio is it something that you've always you've always been interested in you said hey let me spend more time with this how did you find you know yoga and how did yoga find you Hmm.
0: good question yeah i we actually did yoga when i was in college we did hot yoga like yoga sculpt or something and i hated it i couldn't stand it i didn't want to stretch any more than i was already stretching um, on a daily basis. and so I, I wanted nothing to do with it. And when I moved to Vegas, I, there's a lot of personal development that happened in Las Vegas. It was a perfect place for me to reinvent and recreate myself. And I invested in a personal development course, and part of it was daily reading, writing, meditation, and yoga. Mm-hmm. And this is where my self-love journey really, really started when I started to, use my body as a catalyst to deepen my level of consciousness and to also drop into my body and to experience my body in a different way than gymnastics. Gymnastics, I use my body every day. I know my body in and out, but it was a different kind of connection. I was in a lot of resistance to my body. And a lot of that goes into a body image issues, having a lot of pressure to be smaller as a gymnast and all this stuff. Um, but yoga was something it was a small act of self love it was an act of kindness for once i was like oh my gosh i can be nice to my body i don't have to stretch it so far i don't have to be so flexible anymore that doesn't serve me and so that was kind of my original initiation into yoga and then after that i fell in love with yoga philosophy i i just to me yoga is the answer to everything it really is it's it's so much deeper than just Physical asana, which a lot of people think they think yoga, and they're like, "Oh, you fit into yoga poses and you're flexible." However, yoga is actually a moving meditation, and breathwork is so key, especially for me. And there's actually eight different limbs of yoga which I learned, and so um, I just I'm in love with it, and I I hope to continue sharing these gifts of yoga because it really is a gift. Wow, so.
1: we can hear your passion. That's so lovely. We support that. We're advocates of it, man. Mm -hmm. I want to go into the, um, we have questions from our audience that are jumping in. They're loving this. So great (laughs) job, Haley. So first one, we have Aaron Wexler. He said, how does Haley stay inspired outside of gymnastics? And then he said, and outside of yoga.
0: Yes, for me, I am. (laughs) Okay, so I don't buy clothes and cars and I don't spend my money on that stuff. I spend my money on courses and personal development. And I, continue to surround myself with people who are doing inspiring things because I know who I surround myself with is going to lift me up and elevate me and, and challenge me to be better. Like I said, I love a challenge. So, um, continuing, continuing to be around inspiring people inspires me.
1: Oh, that is amazing. You're going to say something. If not, I'm going to take the stage. I think you're on mute. Yeah, you're yeah, so okay, man, Aaron okay. said he loves it. That was amazing. We we have um, another question. We can, you're welcome. Yes, yes. I mean you're an inspiration. I mean, just speaking <laughs> from the heart. Like I told you, <laughs> that's just speaking from your heart and, and people will listen, at the time. and chime in. And we have another one. Uh Labelise Padilla, she said, love this, Haiti. Love this. She also asked mm-hmm. a question as well. Yeah. Um so she said, so many gymnasts uh deal with body image. Um, issues and affecting so many young girls. It's affecting so many young girls. Is there anything you are aware of of within a community that is addressing this?
0: Yes. Um, I don't know in specific communities. However, I know that the sport of gymnastics is changing. The environment of gymnastics is changing completely. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the documentary. It's called Athlete A and exposed a lot of toxicity and things that happen behind the scenes in gymnastics, including sexual abuse. Um, verbal and emotional abuse as well. And so these are things that athletes deal with on a daily basis. And it seems the higher the level, the more intense um, abuse can be. And it's not in all cases, but in a lot of cases. And one of um, the main things that they expose is a lot of um, disordered eating and eating disorders being very rampant and very prevalent. And I I come from a, a the same background. I have battled with my own disordered eating and I'm on my own food freedom journey now. Um, but I do believe that with this, the exposure of this documentary, USA Gymnastics has really tightened up on the rules and um, really been a lot more careful about what happens be- behind the scenes. And I don't know if there's like specific communities that are working to combat this. I would love to be in a community that would combat um, weighing athletes, tracking food, tracking weight, anything like that, or making any kind of body comments. Um, But the biggest thing that I would say is if you have a child that is in any kind of sport is to be around, so you can listen and you can hear what is being said, what the coach is talking to your kids about, what they're doing behind the scenes, and just be really, really proactive in your child's life with sports. Mm-hmm.
2: God, it's so thoughtful. It, it, that piece is is so thoughtful because that also means you know through your experiences and, and difficulties, you you've been paying attention, not just to what you've experienced, but to what others are experiencing, and that piece. So for parents who are are tuned in and find themselves listening, not just for yourself, but for your kids, to sometimes from what I it's like, hey, I can I can drop them off and and I'm out of there. But the importance of being able to to stick around and maybe even see what your kid can't see. You exactly. mentioned earlier, you know, in terms of the, the, the social development uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and awareness of young athletes in this case, yeah. especially gymnasts,
0: especially when they're long practices. Like you said, a lot of people are like, Oh, I'll just drop my kid off and go do whatever. But though that's even more prevalent because they're spending more time at the gym without your supervision. So Ooh,
1: that's so powerful, man. And something that we just kind of glaze over because it's just like, Oh, we have our own life. We have so many things to do, but as a parent, you still have to be present no matter what
0: mm-hmm. you know, absolutely so man. key so
1: key you already got a fan look uh aaron weston said i need to get her on, on on i guess this is his podcast within the game aaron, oh yeah he's been i really a great fan so yeah, yeah so aaron we will look to make that connection
0: definitely thank you that sounds, that you. sounds awesome
1: that. you're inspiring the world i that's, that's <laughs> what i are talking about like you it. are a rock star so let's keep going thank
2: you welcome <laughs> So, Haley, in your the body image journey, because you certainly mentioned that and and as it being an issue specifically in, in the sport, in the field that you're in, how did you work past that and what and, and how are you working past that? Because from what I understand, heck, as a person myself, it's this continuous journey. Mm-hmm. Aside from how you work past that, what's some specific advice, maybe one thing you could give to a young person uh, to help them through their journey?
0: Yeah, definitely. In terms of myself and my, my own journey, it's, it's a lifelong process. I will never arrive to where, um, I'm at a, I'm at like, okay, like I'm so happy, you know, it's, it's a, it's a daily discipline to self-love is a daily discipline. It's an intentional action that I take to honor myself, honor my spirit and honor my body. Um, and you know, for a young person, Oh man, there's so many things I wish I could say to my younger self, in, in, in general, but are you reading younger my notes? Person, that
2: was definitely my next question. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and what advice would you give to the younger version of you?
0: For uh, to my younger self would be to really tune inward and trust my intuition and trust myself. Um, you know, my my yoga teacher always says we are. We are our own guides and our own gurus. So we know more than anybody else knows externally. So um, more self-love, definitely more self-love. And um, I wish that I could like go back in time and teach myself about self-love because that was so absent in my life. And that's why I'm so passionate about this now and teaching this and sharing this. I also teach I teach acro to a younger generation of kids and I teach yoga to a younger generation of kids. And it's all focused around body positivity and, and, and self-love and making those two connection. Um, I think in general, especially now there's so much pressure for these young kids with social media and comparison and and all this stuff that it's really, really difficult, not to mention toxic diet culture. It's, it's, there's a lot of, um, it's more detrimental than helpful, but um. Yeah, I just kind of went on a rant, but, Sorry, anyways, we'll
2: allow it. <laughs> it's fine. <right>? <laughs> <laughs> but
0: yeah, more self love for sure.
2: Powerful. You, you mentioned it, it briefly, if you wouldn't mind. You mentioned toxic diet diet culture, which I find to mm-hmm. be interesting because there's so much around that discussion. For explain that to folks who aren't sure what that means, or that they they themselves may be. Uh, in the midst of that. Can you, can you explain that to them?
0: Yeah. Toxic diet culture is any kind of diet or it's it toxic diet culture is making money off of your insecurities and making you feel insecure when about your body in some way by introducing some kind of diet, the keto, the whole 30 or whatever. I don't even know what all these new diet fads are anymore. But studies show that psychologically, biologically, there are more harm when you engage in multiple diets over time. And I can attest to that because for a long time as an athlete, like I said before, gymnastics, you're in a leotard. So coaches are constantly like, you need to be smaller, you need to be smaller, you need to be smaller. And so for a period of time, every day we got weighed in and I wrote down everything that I ate from a piece of gum to a cough drop. So it was very, very exacerbated and extreme. I have a very extreme case of, of restriction, which led to a lot of harmful behaviors later on, including binge eating. And a lot of my teammates are still struggling with, you know, like very disordered eating. Um, And that's what happens. It's a very, very fine line. There's usually a spectrum. So if you're fasting or you're doing some kind of food deprivation because it's the new year, it's a new resolution, um, you are actually setting yourself up for more failure because studies show that you people after two years of of consistent dieting, they end up gaining the weight back anyways. And so my... Yeah, definitely. But this is very much one of my passions as well is getting past the body image, getting in tune with ourselves, turning the, the lens inward and loving ourselves in each phase of our life, no matter where we are. Um, and this is another huge component. I don't know, Prince, maybe you went through this as well, but grieving the loss of your athlete body and moving into the next phase and be like, oh my God, I don't have that six pack like I had since I was eight years old anymore. Um, so, yeah, that's this is very near and dear to my heart. Um, and so I am anti-diets. <laughs> I'm all about intuitive eating only.
2: Crunch, you're nodding a little bit. Go ahead.
1: No, I know. Like, like when I had my first kid, that's when I lost my body. And I was just like, what's going on? You know, like I have a belly. and I never, I never forget one of my best friend's wife. She said, P, it's okay. You know, this is, how old are you? And I was just like, I'm 30. And she was just like, it's okay. Like, it happens. I was like, no, it does not. Not to me. Um, hey, I'm supposed to be Superman. I'm supposed, mm-hmm. like, my body should not, should I should not have a belly, but it happens. And um, you're going to have to work twice as hard to get back to uh, the image that you, that, that you have, like, drawn out for yourself. Um, but that doesn't really happen like that. You know, so um, you just have to be happy with what you have because there, there are phases of life that we go through. And so within those phases, you have to love yourself. And that's what Haley was, was speaking about, just being able to love yourself no matter what.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think that's such a great point that we have different phases of our life. And I think when we think of health, a lot of us think of the way that we look on the outside. But the reality is health is. It encompasses our mental health, our emotional stability, our physical well-being. And so moving away from my athlete identity now is really the time to cater to my mental, emotional, and my spiritual health as well. So priorities change in different phases of life as well. Mm.
2: So powerful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And folks, understanding that priorities throughout your life. And the journey, things shift and move and ebb and flow like any great movie, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: hey, man, she is dropping bars today. It's like.
2: You might have you, to come back sometime. I don't right. know. Hey, you I definitely got
1: to <laughs> gotta, definitely gotta come back. I mean, Haley, wow, this is amazing. This is awesome. You know, um, I, another question I want to ask you um, quickly is, Do you what type of legacy do you want to leave behind? What what do you want people to say about you? Because um, one one thing that I heard that you mentioned in the beginning is that you're retired at the age of twenty three. I'm like, what? Usually, athletes don't even retire. They don't even think about retiring. They they just they're just now getting into their their sport and they're ready to take take it on, right? Mm-hmm. So you said at the age of twenty three, you're retired, and now you're twenty eight years old. So you have this five year hiatus. And so now that you have found found your lane, what is it at the age of 38, 39, 40 um, and so on? What do you want people to say about your legacy? Uh,
0: wow. Deep question. Um, I think at the end of the day, I, I want to know and I would I would hope that people would say that I made a positive impact on humanity that I brought value and I shared valuable tools for healing that can help their own personal evolution and I truly feel like that's why I am here this time on the planet is to share these tools of of healing and empowerment and um I would hope that that's reflected through my mindset coaching and my teaching yoga for now. And this, this is where I'm at now, who knows where I'll be in, you know, 10 years, but um, yeah, that's kind of where my heart is.
1: At the rate that you're going, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you're sitting in the room with the Dalai Lama. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, so, I, so the, the the way that we were, we were able to connect, Stan, was through uh, Jelani Jenkins.
0: Oh, and
1: really? Yes, uh-huh. and so he told me he was like, "Dude, he's like, this girl is on. She she knows that. He's like. Have you ever heard of Haley Johnson? I was like, no, I have heard of Haley Johnson. He was like, I need to meet her. So I called her. And yes, our, our conversation was more surface-like, but this right here, she's opening up to me. Like, this is what I do. <laughs> this is who I am. These are my superpowers. 2021, <laughs> what's up? I gave, I got my superpowers December 21st on the winter Solstice, and now she is flying. So, man, you are awesome, Haley.
2: Yo,
0: thank you so much. For sure. Thank you. Know, you
2: and you mentioned that. I think part of life's journey is recognizing one's superpowers. And if we could, because wrapped in there is self esteem and confidence and the mindset piece. So, who, who one becomes when they understand their thing? And when they're like, oh, this is my thing, now I get to grow it, develop it, blow it up. It just feels amazing. And I also just want to add it, it's, Everyone in life, if they could decide that, hey, this is what I want to give back to humanity. To Haley's point before, like there's always something in life uh, that that at some point you want to give back uh, and and help. And if everyone through our journey it's like, all right, this is the helping period, and then it just lasts. I think that was an amazing point to mention. And for those of you all listening and watching, that part of your legacy, that being the word, that you're leaving the world better than you found it like yes. that's that's got to be the goal right it's got to be the goal Gotta be the go. I mean, you,
1: you, you don't you don't want to go to anybody's house and be like, "Hey, let me borrow your shoes, man," and then come back.
2: And- <laughs> <laughs> think about that. Most things, it's funny. You say, most things we borrow for decent folks out there. Like you, at least try to bring it back better than when it's like. no, nah, I got to make sure I, you know, I just have crumbs all in the seats. You know,
0: <laughs> for sure, for sure, it's so true. So
2: Haley, any final thoughts uh, that you'd like to leave our listeners and watchers with? uh, And and how can they find you learn more about you and your brand and and, and what you do?
0: Yeah, you can find me at Baba Ganoush on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. And um, my wellness page, which, which is Bloom From Within One, And yeah, you can follow me for more wellness tips. That's, that's where my, like you said, my lane, I'm, I'm committed to sharing more tips and tools that I've learned along the way. And yeah, I hope, I hope for the best. I feel that there's a shift happening in, in humanity right now. And um, if you need help, like Prince said, please reach out for help. Don't be ashamed to ask for help. We all need help in some way in, in, and listen to your intuition.
2: Thank you. That was, that was dope. Thank you. Prince, I know you got some final thing. That- <laughs> it's it's, it's only way.
1: That yeah, was just powerful words, man. You are actually making my hair stand up on, on my body. Um, I, I can feel the, the, the imminent feeling inside of me. It. It's like, ding, ding, ding. Oh, she knows what, exactly what she's saying. She's so speaking from the heart. And that's something that, that, that transcend that, that translates to uh, a lot of things that we do in life. And, my my, my only advice is just continue to keep telling your story, keeping, keep encouraging people with your energy and your love. And, uh, People will discover you. They will find you, and you'll be you'll be speaking on large stages. Well, virtual stages, you know. <laughs> but um, also, you know, large stages when this pandemic clears in twenty twenty seven. Um, so, you know. <laughs> but um, but alongside a, a from that, like, thank you so much for st- sharing your 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 story, um, your transition stories. Um, and, and, and how this inspiration has inspired you to be the best version of yourself.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. And I really want to acknowledge you guys for opening up this space and this portal for people to have inspiring and, and purposeful conversations. So deep right. gratitude for both of you.
2: Um,
1: man Stan is good at what he does
2: thank you both without y'all I'm not here in the first place so (laughs) thank you very much and this entire conversation of of service reminds me of the great Zig Ziglar's quote and that is you can have everything in life you've ever wanted if you help enough other people get what they want
1: Mm. which is exactly
2: what we all look to continue to do as we give back and build on the legacies we have and want to have in the future officially everyone thank you so much and Haley thank you for joining us today and sharing your story and being so transparent and dropping so many amazing value bombs on us. And for those of you all watching, uh, please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the YouTube page and that's at Game Beyond the Game. And you can join us here every week on Game Beyond the Game's Facebook page every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Remember y'all, you're good, you're great, you're worth it. Thank you all for being here and have an amazing day
1: peace. Peace. Thank you so much, Haley. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new show is posted. And please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about our events, courses, and other programming, check out GameBeyondTheGame.com Thanks so much for listening. Peace.